It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, welcome to the Clark Blue Podcast post-match reaction. I'm Dan Robinson, joined by Matt Kendrick, so close I can touch him and see him and smell him in every sense that you can't get across at YouTube. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know what is that, that sounds like, I really think. Yeah, you smell lovely, of course. I'm promising that you'll touch me. Um, <laughs> I am touched, I'm touched that you've um, you've let me into your, your, your dad's man cave to film this in person and... We're going to do this regardless of the results, but yeah, yeah. it would have looked a bit off if we'd lost one nil, and it would have seen us in glorious high definition. But at least we've got something, something spectacular to to, yeah. to talk about. Yeah, we'll start by saying don't expect this to be a regular thing. <laughs> we've uh, looked out really with the kickoff time and our schedules not really aligning for this evening, so we thought we'd uh, meet up and do it in person. We didn't coordinate that we were going to wear the same training top, but in a different colour. Yeah, here we are. Um, yeah, we were going to do this regardless of the result, and you know, I, I had this kind of pre-match anticipation that this would be a really difficult game, and I'd probably be, you know, pretty happy with a with a, a draw, even at home to Brighton, considering how the two clubs have been over the last twelve months or so. So to win the game, whatever the result, would have been a, a brilliant thing to talk about. To win it in that manner and score six goals is. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I almost feel a little bit speechless, which isn't great for a podcast. Yeah, it did did feel a bit surreal, didn't it? And even after 10 minutes when they'd had a, a lot of the ball, um, I did think we were going to be in for a tough afternoon. Uh, I didn't think... I, I thought we'd draw. I know we don't do draws, but I thought we'd draw be, before the game. Um, but we just seemed, seemed to get that, that momentum. Um, I, I think I tweeted before before we, we, we started recording this that I've got nothing to moan about except for the referee. So I don't know whether to get that out of the way now and then we can stay being positive or whether we just introduce that in as a bit of a break from the feel-good factor along the way. I mean, you can talk about the ref now if you want. Is The refereeing as a whole is poor standard, isn't it, across the league? And it's the inconsistency that's annoying, isn't it? You see things you know, not given in the same game, then given later in the game. Yeah. Certain players getting yellow cards and then other players doing similar kind of fouls and not being booked. You know, for Douglas Sawyer to get his book in early on in the game and have to manage that, which I thought he did very well, by the way. That almost sets the president that maybe the ref's going to be card happy throughout the game. Yeah. And then he isn't, apart from when it's Villa players, is what, is what it feels like. So, yeah, annoying. So, let's get that out of the way. Yeah, it was it was frustrating. Um, I think me and the, the fella sitting next to me, I think he finally produced a yellow card for, for a Brighton player. I can't remember who it was. And we got on our feet and gave him a standing ovation in a very uh, sarcastic kind of old man kind of a way. Um, but yeah, let's not let's not dwell um, because despite having a referee um, who was yeah not very good in my opinion, I thought Aston Villa were just. I thought we we're gonna have a hangover from from Wednesday night, yeah. and I thought 
we'd be a bit edgy and a bit nervous. But I just thought we, we really, really took the initiative. And I think the thing that, that did it for me, obviously there's a lot of good moments after that, but just McGinn's pass for that for that first goal that mm. almost kind of unlocked the door. Yeah. <laughs> With greatest respect to Matty Cash, who I thought played exceptionally well as well today, giving him a very simple task. <laughs> you know, the ball was perfect for him, so all he got to do was knock it knock it back across the goal for, for Ollie Watkins. And then that was almost like, oh yeah, yeah, we remembered, we, we are pretty we're, good, we're aren't we? We're yeah. good at Villa Park. Yeah. We, we, almost that was the thing that, yeah, okay, then we're back in gear and it just kind of set the tone to build on, really. Mm. I was curious to how we'd react to that Everton game, both the fan base and obviously on the pitch as well. You know, after the Legia Warsaw defeat, we obviously come and go to Stamford Bridge and win there. And I thought, again, pre-match, that to bounce back from that Everton game and even, you know, consolidate here and get a one all or 2-2 or something would be a decent result to take into, uh, obviously, Thursday night's Europa Conference League game and then Wolves away this time next week. To bounce back in that manner, and as I said, the performance and the goals and, and everything that comes with that, I feel like we've seen Villa kind of be better after a defeat under Emery and kind of maybe you know, have a couple of defeats. I'm thinking back to last season, the Leicester, Man City, Arsenal run, coming out of that and being a little bit more pragmatic maybe and, and being solid defensively. This season, we're seeing that when we are you know faced with troubles in terms of defeats, we almost come out all guns blazing and... and not blast teams away, although we did today, but like, you know, earlier in the season, we then go to and beat Burnley 3-1 and we beat Palace 3-1. So, you know, you kind of expect Villa to come out and maybe win 1-0 and just see out the game and be careful and yeah. cautious about it. To come out and still play the same way and kind of stick to our principles and put six past a very good Brighton side is, is testament to what, what Uno Emery has done over the last, not even 12 months. It's remarkable really when you say that, that he's not even reached his, his first year anniversary with us, but... I think again it just reinforces the point um, we've got a very good 11 13 yeah, core of players um, that probably becomes a 15 if you've got some of your players who are injured with Mings and Buendia and Marino but scratch beneath the surface and we don't really have I'm not saying we don't have quality in reserve but we don't have that level of quality it's almost you've got almost like a kind of an 8 out of 10 first yeah. team squad yeah. and then a kind of a 5 or 6 out of 10 reserves so I, I think as well what's interesting is with that, with that reserve side let's say like, like somebody like Tielemans if he was playing in the strongest side every single week I think he would be able to kind of step up his game and fit in a little bit better and that's primarily picking him out as one individual because they're always coming in for the cold for one game yeah. and then out again for four and then in for one it's hard for them to find any kind of uh, consistency anyway but I do think that after that like, first 13 or so, maybe the, the quality of the remaining squad isn't as good as we hoped it would be to compete on four fronts. And we'll talk about that Everton Cup game in a sec. But, you know, to, like I said, after it on Thursday, it's kind of forgotten a little bit if you beat Brighton. I think the way we've won certainly eases some of those frustrations a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you can't undo being knocked out of a cup, can you? You, you, you can't get back in, but... <laughs> like you say in terms of having an, an emphatic response um, I don't know whether it's just years of being a, a sceptical kind of Villa fan but myself and even my son he's only 15 so he's not been subjected to it anywhere near as long as me 3-0 didn't seem enough <laughs> you're thinking well that kind of many if anybody would have offered you 1-0 at half time you'd have probably said that's favourable given what's preceded it yeah. in midweek but I did fear the worst when they when they pulled one back and it was it was almost to me it sounds silly because we've still got a good margin winning margin but it, 
that next goal after that, yes, agreed. which was subsequently <clears throat> scored by Ollie Watkins, that was the one that you could finally see that that put them in their place. Yeah, and I was, you could see us kind of rise with that. I think. Yeah, I was thinking that you know after the first half you don't want to concede an early goal in the second, which we did. Was it fifty minutes? I think off the top of my head. Uh, we'll talk about VAR in a second. I know we said we'll get the referee moans out of the way, but the VAR was irritating as well. Uh, they obviously get one back early, and then I'm starting to think we know Brighton are a good side that can score goals. Yeah. Most of their games this season have been three ones or four ones, and that kind of thing. They they score goals, so I'm thinking we've had a great first half, but Brighton are come out going to come out stronger in the second. They could score three in the second half quite comfortably. That you know they're very very good. There was a stage where like people around us are saying. And Brighton had a lot of the ball, didn't they, after that, their first goal. And it's like, oh God, we just need to get a foothold of the game here yeah. and get, get the ball for five minutes and keep it. And we had a bit of possession for, I don't know, 30 seconds or whatever, and we score. Yeah. And it's like, oh, all right, we don't need to keep hold of the ball for five minutes. Let's just go and get another goal. Yeah. No, it was. It was. Um, I can't imagine they... That must be their worst. I mean, I've not been watching Brighton week in, week out, but that must be their worst performance this season. But that's oh, yeah. not, to, not to take anything away from, from, from the way that, that we played. I thought we were pretty strong across the pitch, to be honest. I thought I thought Konza and, and, um, and Torres did a good job. I've already kind of praised, praised Matty Cash. I think the defensive unit completely, you know, might as well put Luca Dean in there as well, was, was solid. Mm. Um, and then, like you say, it was... It was Douglas Louise, it was a risky game for him. Having, having, what was he booked after about less than ten minutes? Six or seven minutes, I think. So he was booked quite early on, and that was a frustrating one because yes, it was a foul, but their man's gone down and made a massive meal out of yeah. it. The referee's not booked him straight away; he's mm. booked him when he's seen yeah. the injury or yeah. the, what he thinks is the injury. As soon as the yellow cards out, your man's back on his on his feet. Yeah. Um, so I think he managed that situation very well. Um, there's a couple of times he like stepped out of tackles and things and you think he's clearly being hampered by the yellow card but he's yeah. such a good player that to manage the game in the way he did and still put in the performance he did is, is testament to him and the improvement that he's had yeah and I thought I thought alongside him you know we got McGinn back back in, in, in the engine room which mm. is obviously a, a better place for him to be and Kamara was very you know no frills but kind of very nuts and bolts performance but 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 very efficient yeah and um, and yeah, it was you know been through the rest of the team. Might as well talk about well, 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 well Ollie Watkins will have his own special best special slot in a minute. I'd have thought, but um, my mate's Diab he didn't get on the score sheet and he, he over over elaborated didn't he for that one yeah. where he got a chance when he burst down the right and then took out tried to beat about seven people. Um, but I thought he was he was really impressive and Zaniolo still the jury's still out for me on him but I think when he plays on the front foot and he's he's really at it I think the the, the power of him mm. um, and you know that that intent, intent I think he can be a good player as well um, I think he tries to do a little bit too much sometimes yeah I think so I mean I don't know I've not really read much about him I don't know how is he I don't think he quite seems on the same wavelength so I wondered if mm. his English was I think his English is decent is it yeah I think so the interview I saw he seemed to be pretty up to grips with it I won't, won't blame that then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
I think his time will come. He's a very good technical footballer, I think, and he's clearly got something about him. We, you know, we said from his debut, those kind of things, good physical presence as well, which is something Villa don't have. And he kind of drags us up the pitch sometimes and he's kind of got that powerful running style. But I think there's a couple of occasions where he maybe tries it at you know, one turn too many or yeah. it takes a touch too many when he could give the ball off quicker. But I think that's something that will come with time. I don't know what it is. I and mean, It's not the way he plays and I don't think it's even the way he looks so I don't know why I'm coming to this conclusion. But when I glance at him, he's got a look and this will be long before your time, he's got a kind of look of a kind of Ian Olney about him, not a, not an Ian Ormondroy who is like the kind of rake thin Peter Crouch one. But he's just got a, I don't know, I'd be interested for the for the older listeners and viewers to tell me I'm speaking rubbish in the comments but it just kind of reminds me of him. But I don't know, I really, like I say, he doesn't play like him and he doesn't particularly look like him. So, as ever, an opinion from mine founded on absolutely nothing. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, talking of speaking absolute nonsense, something that's been levelled at us uh, a few times this season about Ollie Watkins. Uh, we were very, I don't want to say defensive, because that's not really the right word, but defensive about, like, you know, there's a, a clip of me that did uh, a couple of numbers on social media of like, his time will come, like the goals will come, let's all just be patient a little bit. Um you know, oh, he's only scored against Hibs and he's not good enough and you drew comments of, oh, he'll cost us points and all these different things and, you know, as each game goes by that he didn't score, it's kind of like, well, I wish I hadn't gone too hard on, uh, too big on, on Ollie Watkins. But his time has come now, hasn't it? He looks, um, I don't want to say back to his best because I, I still think, it, you know, it's only a couple of good games but scored the winner against Chelsea, scored the first two today that sets us on our way to win the game. Um, obviously gets the hat-trick, two hat-tricks for him now this season I saw a stat earlier on social media on the way back that it's the first Villa player to score two hat-tricks for ages yeah I've got the number in front of me although Benteke scored a couple hat-tricks didn't they they weren't in the same oh, season would have been the same season yeah anyway um, he's very good isn't he Ollie Watkins and, and I said before not back to his best because it's only been a couple of games but today specifically as much as the goals are there as well I thought his all-round play was also very very good today and when we've spoken before about when he's not there that you miss him he is the presence is and he's the focal point of, of a long ball or to drag a defender and he is involved in anything that Villa do going forward Ollie Watkins is there and is a big part of that yeah I don't know what what comes first was it the confidence of scoring a goal fairly early and obviously scoring last week mm. um the winner at Chelsea was it that that's given him that lift and boost his confidence for his all-round game or is that always there? I think and it's we, always we there but you don't notice it, it as much if he doesn't score. If he, if he wastes chances or doesn't score. Yeah. Um, I was, you could just see, once he stuck the first one in, there was another opportunity before he scored the second one where you think, he's been greedy there but I'm glad he's been greedy because he's really backing himself. Yeah, exactly. He's got, yeah. He's got that kind of, that hunger back. Mm. Um, and even when he when he scored his second one, I thought there were there were. I've not seen it back, but I think there were one or two passes square mm. where he could have squared that ball. But he wants it. He really wants. He's a centre forward, of course. He wants to score goals, but you could just see him him growing stature. Really, um, and I'm thinking, what's he done that? What's he tried and hit that in the near post? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and I fell out with. Um, I wouldn't say fell out. Me and my son have, have these little tiffs, but. Uh, and I've kind of like I've been digging him out on Twitter a little bit because he's so fickle about Ollie Watkins, and I think it was in the hat trick the hat trick goal winning, and obviously the whole whole ground he's kind of d -d 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 Ollie mm. Watkins, and I said I said Sammy what are you what are you singing this for you? you don't, he's like 
<laughs> so um, yeah, if you can, I mean that's his greatest achievement, Ollie Watkins getting my son chanting his chanting his name again, but thoroughly deserved. And it was mm. I don't know I don't know whether you stay to the end or whether well I don't mean stay to the end. I'm sure you stay to the, the ninety minutes or the. But do you stay and I, go I stay on for a bit of the celebration, yeah, probably a couple of minutes. There was. Um, he was the one being interviewed. I think he's man of match, man of the match award, I presume, and, yeah, and, the, and the match ball um, at the at the final whistle. So he he, he had another little burst. And, you know, probably only a twentieth of the crowd left in the ground, but we all wait. You know, Size of the crowd for the Everton Cup game. That that's is. it. <laughs> yeah, they didn't give a number for how many were left uh, in the ground saluting Ollie Watkins. I was still waiting for that attendance to be released, but uh, no, it was uh, it was it was brilliant. And I think ever seen that he's gone. I know we had the early kickoff, so this is subject to change. But I think he was second in the Premier League scorers table is he? on the wow. back of today. Yeah, you know, whereas this time last week he got none. Yeah, funny isn't it how quickly football changes yeah. and our opinions change. I've just got his goals record here in front of me, and I don't normally do this on a phone because we're normally on stream. I just open a tab, and no one knows I'm doing it. Uh, Ollie Watkins update: This is from Tom Nightingale on Twitter. 66 goal involvements for Watkins now in 127 games for Villa. 50 goals, 16 assists. 29 goal involvements, that's 21 goals, and 8 assists in 37 games under Emery. So almost a full season of football, uh, or a full Premier League season of football for Emery. 29 goals, 29 goal involvements, sorry. And he's the first Villa player to score two hat-tricks in a single season in nearly 50 years. Yeah, it's it's remarkable, and you know the stat that I keep banging on about is how many Premier League goals he's got. Because I, I think that Premier League record is in sight. Mm. Depending on how the contract negotiations go, I think in the well, hopefully in the next few days. Because I think you know, listen, even before his four goals in in the last kind of two two league games, you've got to tie a player down, player like that down. Um, but yeah, I think I think I just worked out he got forty four goals. I think in the Premier League, if my maths. Maths is correct, which again, given that Villa until the last eight or nine months under Emery have been a team that's been battling relegation or consolidating the Premier League, I think that's a that's a pretty good return. Um, but <laughs> I don't know whether this is me and my rose-tinted specs looking in the past, but I've seen and kind of adored from, from the stands some... Great centre forwards, you know, Condalian Atkinson, Dean Saunders, um, Juan Pablo Angel, Dwight York, so on and so forth. Dion Dublin probably be, you know, Benteke. We probably put, um, put even not Julian Joachim in, in, in that list. And I think I've, whether it's because I find it hard now, now I'm a lot older man, to think that football is as good as it once was. Mm. Ollie Watkins has got to have his place. In, yeah, there, yeah. in the Premier League era, yeah. he's probably he probably already is in the top three. Yeah. I don't know whether the goals would, you know, maybe he hasn't quite, he, whether he has passed Dublin or whatever it is. But I think he's he's got to be up there. Yeah. And that's that's a massive a massive tribute to him. I mean, really. it's, and again, it's, I'll come back to it earlier. I don't want this to be like a, oh, I was wrong and other people are, no. <laughs> I don't want this to be, I was right and other people are wrong, but... This is what we expected from Ollie Watkins now, that you know, if he plays 40 games a season, he'll get close to 20 goals in all competitions. Yeah. He's a he's a one-in-two striker, isn't he? And that's pretty good for where Villa are going to be. And if we're scoring another three goals specifically today from other players in the team yeah. as well, we're in a good place. So you know, there's a lot of talk about like he's not good enough or, or whatever and you've got to replace him. But the same conversation is, is with who? If you're going to find a better striker than Ollie Watkins, you're going to struggle to get into Aston... <coughs> 
you're going to struggle to get into Aston Villa without Champions League football and without spending 70 odd million and I really need to clear my throat because it sounds like I'm about to cry <clears throat> but he's a very very good player and if his contract negotiations are sorted hopefully ASAP and he's here for another three or, three or four seasons in his prime that Premier League goal record is coming isn't it he yeah. will get there don't get too emotional Dan I'm sure they're <laughs> going to try I'm sure they're going to try and do the best to get him get him on a new contract it's it's right sometimes we um, it's one of those ones and you, you see kind of like so, man, let's say Arsenal Arsenal linked with Ollie Watkins and you're thinking well if they want him why aren't we happy with him yeah, yeah. Uh, listen that, that, that's life isn't it you know and he'll probably he probably won't know like, if Ollie Watkins is true to form Ollie Watkins might this might be a run of six games when he when he scores a goal let's, let's hope that's the case but if he doesn't and you know he wastes a couple of chances and a couple of things get away then that doesn't necessarily make him a terrible player again mm, all of a yeah. sudden I was asked on social media before we started are you now over the cup defeat on Wednesday does this kind of make up for it and I asked you and John I think in the show we did last week if you could only win one Everton or Brighton which would you pick and all three of us said we'd rather win Everton because you progress into the cup and if you lose to Brighton you now there's X amount of Premier League games left to go, yeah. 34, whatever it is, uh, to make up the ground that you lost against Brighton. But John did say, you know, us and, Villa, us and Brighton are expected to be competitors for around the same positions. If you lose to them at home, that is a dent in your aspiration. So to beat Brighton would be massive, and it absolutely is. Has today softened any of the blow for Wednesday for you? I know you kind of said it's still, you know, you can't undo it, but winning 6-1 at home after that, for me, it does kind of... Forgive yeah, it you, a can't, bit. you can't undo getting knocked out of a cup until you play your next cup match, <laughs> really. So that's the FA Cup in, in January now. So, you know, I don't think that gets brushed under the carpet as a free hit in terms of, oh, yeah, don't worry about yeah. it. But looking at the league table this afternoon and, and this evening, given that at times, you know, I was very probably overly critical against Palace because I didn't think I thought we were, we were very ragged against Palace but we obviously found a way YouTube comments told us otherwise yeah we found <laughs> found a way to win that game this is how how much Emery has raised standards and ex yeah, expectations yeah. in less than a year that we are I mean how many points we got now Dan 15 I think and to me, it doesn't feel, I mean, it should do today because we've been absolutely magnificent, but it doesn't feel like it's been an absolutely super start to the season. But in any of the, I'd include O'Neill's era in this, so I'm probably going back 20 years. Mm. Not, not, probably am. 15 ish. Yeah. 15, 20 yeah. years. We'd have been absolutely overwhelmed and delighted at that start. Yeah, yeah. And I think. We're proud, we're pleased, but we probably even think it's still a little bit undercooked yeah. that we should have gone to Newcastle and been better. Yeah, we should yeah. have gone to, to Anfield and been better. So it's making us it's making us so greedy, isn't it? I think there was a, a stage, and it's certainly before today, where I feel like our mood, either the podcast or the, or the fan base or whatever, it's very up and down this season, despite the league form being, again, up until today, I was saying it was generally quite good. One for lost the two that you'd expect and that's pretty good going 12 points been around in the top six which is where we want to be me and my dad were saying on the way back I don't want it to be that we're like nowhere near it now and having to play catch up all yeah. season I want us to stay where we are throughout the entire season now I know it's a, it's a tall order but that's the expectations that have been raised and I felt like we've had this like really up and down approach to the season because you kind of win a game and then you get beat by Liverpool 
you know, really badly. Yeah. And then you win a game and you lose to Leger Warsaw. And you win yeah. a game and you lose to Everton in the cup and it's kind of really up and down. But you've got to put that to, to bed a little bit because the group stage can be recovered. There's five more games to go with a big one up on Villa Park this Thursday. The Everton thing is gone now. Like you said, you can't undo it. The league form is very good. Five wins out of seven. You know, if you do that over the course of the entire um, league is 25 out of whatever. <laughs> Win a lot of games, wouldn't you, let's just say, and get a lot of points. Um, and we've taken points now off Brighton, somebody who we expect to be up around yeah. there as well in incredible fashion, to the point that we've overturned a 10, is it 10 goal? 10 goal swing, is it in the goal? Yeah, so yeah. It's a 10 goal goal difference swing over Brighton. The only reason we've gone above them is goal difference. Theirs was plus 10 and ours was plus 2 before today. I can't do the maths, but... Um, now theirs is plus 5 and ours is plus 7. Because obviously our goals have gone yeah, again yeah. to their goals conceded, isn't it, directly? So it's such a brilliant win. It has catapulted us above them despite the, the great start to the season they've had as well. So I think now when I've kind of talked about this up and down for the league specifically, we've got to start be talking about it in this kind of upwards trajectory because you know losses away to Newcastle and Everton aren't the end of the world and a lot of sides will lose those games it just felt bad because of the scoreline specifically and obviously the injury to Mings on, on day one since then you know we've beat the sides you expected us to Chelsea was a different test despite them being what they are because it's still Chelsea at Stamford Bridge and today was the one where it's like okay this is the biggest test since Newcastle and Liverpool and we've come through it with flying colours and going to Wolves now which is not a great place for us to go with plenty of confidence and if we get something there you're into the next international break and Villa are flying. I'm like like you said, you know, it's it's a bit of a a dream, I suppose. But can we get ourselves tucked in that top six nice and early so that almost sixth feels like a disappointment? Yeah. If we get, do you know what I mean? I know yeah, yeah. that that is massively, you know, kind of inflating kind of expectations. I think really, but I think that that has to be the aim. Um, I've never known. Let's let's just forget about what happened on Wednesday. But I've never known Villa Park. You know some of the records that we break in. Was it what was it 10, 10, 10 Premier, Premier League wins, wins on the spin at Villa yeah. Park? And was it Douglas Louise has scored in five consecutive games since yeah. Dwight York or whatever? Yeah. Ollie Watkins scored two hat tricks since since Andy Gray or whatever in the seventies, and all these things tumbling, and yet it feels like it's the start yeah. rather than wow. You know, it should be wow. And I'm sure to a lot of people less cynical than me, it is wow. But I think you've only just got me going on the excitement scale. So, <laughs> you know, there's plenty there's plenty more to, to crank up if we fair, can build on this. We always say with this post-match show that we don't... I've not seen any of the goals back or anything like that, but I've seen a couple of quotes from the post-match stuff only because it obviously was broadcast on TV. So quotes already on Twitter straight away in the car on the way back. John McGinn said something similar that oh, there's plenty more gears we can go up yeah. and that, that is how it does feel yes it's a great start in, in the Premier League now with 5-7 and seven, but you do feel like you're right we are just starting to get going now and that kind of bumpy road to the start of the season we're hope, hopefully through that and again it sounds stupid because Wolves aren't as good as Brighton but next week is another big test because we're not good there we're not good at Molyneux we're not good against the local rival we've had some disappointing results at home to Wolves as well so if we go there next week and win again, that, that again feels like a massive statement and Villa have kind of got over that kind of bumpy patch, for want of a better phrase. Yeah, I think it's a really, really interesting week as well because... My stars are on Thursday. You know, we've got the, the European game on Thursday and I think, you know, with respect to Hibernian, that's our first proper mm. 
European football at back, Park, at, yeah. back at Villa Park, really. So will Emery think, well, actually, I quite like the look of that Premier League table. That's going to be my priority and to keep that strong, you know. Mm. Villa clearly got ambitions. Champions League football is the next, you know, we know that Aston Villa wants to become a money-making machine. Um, ambitions on the top four is, is clearly the, the next thing. But Emery thinking, I can't allow for another... Um, Cross Warsaw performance, or I can't allow for another Everton performance. I'm going to have to go strong here. This is this is where I think I think the management the management of his squad, keeping players happy, keeping them involved, making sure that they've got enough that the ones around the fringes have enough minutes to stay competitive. Um, I actually think that you know maybe in the in the January window we we need to look at another couple of loans. I think mm. to try and try and bolster that squad. I know we've got Zanio and I want alone. Um, this is where Emery needs to really come into his own now because keeping Villa in the Premier League has been enough of a challenge for his predecessors mm. for for the previous years. But he's he hasn't got four fronts to manage on now. He's got got three. Um, sadly, with the League Cup disappearing, but I think it's it's going to be a really interesting test of what he thinks about. You know, does he does he think he's, he's fringe players having let him down, if you like, mm. and let us down in the last couple of games? Does he think he can trust them? Because we can't afford to to have another defeat in this group. Yeah, I think it's interesting how we approach that that game on Thursday. But we'll be having another podcast later in the week where we'll talk about it in more detail. But we need points on the board, don't we? In that in that group, to be honest, if Villa don't want an extra game, if they get past the group in the knockouts, they have to win the group as well. So, you know. Mostar beat Alkmaar, which is unexpected, so the group is kind of up in the air anyway. So Villa, uh, Mostar, I don't want to get into it too much. Mostar look like they they shouldn't be the best team in the group, despite being top at the yeah. moment. So Villa should have enough to beat them. But I said that against Everton, so I go as strong as you can, but with one eye on Wolves a little bit, thinking, well, if we win that, we might be in the top three in the international break, and, and that looks pretty tasty as well, and it's great for confidence and whatever else. Back to today, though, very quickly... We'll take Ollie Watkins as red as being man of the match yeah. for obvious reasons. Besides him, is there anyone else you can pick out as a standout? Or was it just a general kind of all-round team performance? I did think Konza was good. I thought it was a game that showcased Torres almost as that footballing yeah, centre yeah. off stepping out. He thinks he tried to step out with the ball a little bit more. I, I tell you what, triple, um, didn't he as well at the end? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tell you what. Um, Listen, it's, it's football, it's contact sport, but we just seem to... Like, Rams is back, and then Kamara gets crocked. And yeah. Then, like, there's a, a funny... Uh, this is probably a, a very funny, but kind of um, not very caring um, observation that I've got. I don't know whether... So, when Diaby walked down, because he came off, yeah. and then he walked down down the tunnel, got a kind of stand innovation as he as he walked down past the, past the Trinity Road. I'm not kidding you. You know, if you go to Ikea, or you order flat pack, Furniture, and you get like a box that a wardrobe comes in or mm. a wardrobe door. This kid had made a sign, the <laughs> biggest, the biggest piece of cardboard that you've ever seen, and it got like French flags on there. It got Musa on there, and all these kinds of things. And he, I think he must have been sitting with his dad, like about four or five rows back, in the corner of the Trinity by the tunnel. He's made, he's seen the Arby come down the injured the touchline, hobble down, and he's kind of and he's tried to put this thing. And like Diaby, I don't think he deliberately snubbed him. He just, you know, he's hurt. he's hurt. He wants to get get in the shower or whatever, or get get some treatments. And he's just he, he's completely ignored him. And I've thought, 
You need to make, get yourself a bigger sign, mate, to be, to be honest. Honestly, it was the most spectacular piece of art yeah. I've ever seen. Um, We've talked about this a little bit before, these like, signs and stuff about, like, how do we feel about them? I don't want to devolve this chat into a bit of nonsense, but, you know, when we did our confessions video, yeah. like, the fan submitted confessions. In that, we ran out of time, but I was going to say, like, we all should have to, like, think of one as yeah. well. And mine was going to be that if I was a footballer, this sounds terrible, I'm not going to get so much stick for this. If I was a footballer, I'd deliberately ignore the people with those signs. Give it to the person next I just to them. don't like it. I know it's kids mostly, and that's fine. There's just something about it. I just think, do we need loads of signs in Villa Park? Like, give me your shirt. Like, I don't know. If I was a footballer, I'd go, nah, not you. I'll give it to you instead. It was just, um, it was just the the sheer size of it. To be honest, I thought he's he's really. I, mean, I, don't, know, I don't know how they've even got it through the turnstiles, but it was that's uh, a great question. Yeah, bless him. Um, just yeah. quickly on another little nonsense point this might make me sound stupid which won't be unfamiliar to the podcast you know when they read out the attendance and there's been a lot yeah. of like attendance gate this yeah. this uh, week for want of a better word gate, gate, that wasn't that wasn't <laughs> read out for the Everton game yeah. for mysterious reasons was obviously read out today 40,000 why do we applaud when they read out the attendance <laughs> have you ever thought about this I don't know I suppose but, it, do we it, just do it because everyone else does it is it not well done, everyone, for turning a up. pat on our own backs. I don't know. I've, really? I've always thought it was weird. Today, the attendance is 42,000. <laughs> Why are we like... I don't know. I've, just, I've always thought, what are we clapping here? I feel like it's just one of those things that because like, everyone does it, yeah. we all just do it without questioning why we do it. I don't know. To be honest, I don't know. Do you think... I don't know. But does it get any kind of different if it's 40,233 <laughs> or if it's 40,121 you know what I mean I don't know yeah I've always thought it anyway um, one more football related point before we call this a day Jacob Ramsey being back is uh, is lovely yeah. to see it's the first we've seen of him at Villa Park this yeah. season since his injury um, obviously he wasn't involved on Wednesday night for I think it looked like a little upset back or whatever but yeah. obviously he's back now First of all, lovely to see him back in the side doing what he does and to come back and get on the score sheet yeah. as well is, is excellent. What I love about that goal, and this is such a minor point in the grand scheme of things, the goal going in off the post, that little click sound. Yeah, lovely, it, was a, it? it was a sweet, sweet finish as well. I, th- I think it was probably my favourite goal of the of the six. Nice to have the choice, isn't it? <laughs> favourite goal, goal of the six, but the finish was just inch perfect, yeah. absolutely spot on. Really good. And... Um, just brings something different, doesn't it? You know, we've I think we've said it before that there's not that many probably ball carriers yeah. in that team. Certainly not in midfield like Louise and, and Kamara like to make the ball do the work for them. Mm. Obviously McGinn can run with the ball and, and our wide players can 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 run with the ball and Cash tries tries to do that when he when he's set free. But I just think it brings a, a different dimension. There's a couple of times where he's carried the ball probably from our fullback area and got us up the pitch. Yeah. Um played a great pass as well, didn't he? For Somebody, can't remember who that was. But yeah, somebody threw on the left. Might have been Watkins. I mean, he's he's brilliant, you know. You know, and I, I don't like advocating for for Villa players play for England because it normally means that you're trying to. Put <laughs> him in was there today. Put him in the shop shop window and get rid of him. But for his age, you know, he's he's such a a, a brilliant talent. And you know, we've we've spoken about Villa's academy before, but for us to get. Jack Grealish and Jacob Jacob Ramsey within ten years of each other. I know that sounds like quite a long Five time, years. but I think we've got two really, really well. We haven't got one anymore, but I think I think Ramsey's a, a brilliant player. It's funny you should say about Southgate Gate being there. I've seen. I think my son showed it me on Twitter or something. Oh, no, I know. The, the, the picture of him with thought thought bubble coming out and saying. Uh, 
or Watkins scores that trick and he's like, oh, well back played, Rod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, um, I don't think Watkins will be in that England squad, but I don't know. Again, I'm not, I'm totally from matter, a selfish Villa point of view, I couldn't care less. From Ollie Watkins' point of view, I think he, he deserves it. But uh, what did you, um, actually, you weren't, you weren't there on Wednesday night, I don't think we were. What, nope. did, you, what did you think of the half-time? Oh, Fair. the halftime game. Oh, my dad said when we got to halftime, he's like, oh, it was a new game. And I was like, oh, excellent. Yeah, something else to talk about on the podcast later. He said, oh, they did it against Everton. I got a score in the goal. And I have to like, get it in the corner to win an extra prize or whatever. Um, I don't know what to say about this without coming across rude, but it'd be great if they could find somebody who could actually kick a football. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it? It's always somebody when they do these, they just think they've never kicked a football in their life. I think that's more fun though. It is fun. Like I suppose it is, yeah. It was all right. I thought like, it was like two minutes and I had to answer questions. It was like the most basic questions yeah. ever. It's like, oh, I think those were the same questions that were asked were in midweek okay. as well. Yeah. Again, it was funny. I don't want to dig out the guy if he's watching it. I do apologise. <laughs> I mean, the chances of that, I feel quite slim. Like, what year were Villa four? It was like, 18, uh, 1874 and they like had to take a penalty and basically scuffed it as well. I think those half-time games it always seems like a lot of effort for not really much reward didn't he say did, wasn't he asked who the, the League Cup winning captain was in 1996 and he said John, John McGinn, McGinn. Oh, I thought he said John Gidman at oh. first which again would have been too long too far the other way yeah but um did you see what I tweeted about prize where it lies? Yeah, good. Do you want to repeat that joke? For the I do, podcast? yeah. Just yeah. Kind of, I'm giving it a big build-up now. I was just suggesting that prize where it lies has become something that's in, just in the corporate lounge, yeah. isn't it? Somebody replied to me saying, yeah, but they play it with a prawn ring and a canopy, <laughs> which I thought was, uh, I uh, thought was quite amusing. Excellent. I'll tell you the one thing, I'm, the good thing about prize where it lies, it's got a name. Yeah, yeah. Whereas this... Just scoring the goal after a quiz. I think what I like about this one more than the whole 10 one mm. is it's in, it. It is in the center because <laughs> we're i'm in the trinity yeah. towards the tunnel at least you feel more involved in it but mm. it, it does seem a little bit like kind of infant school sports day when you bring a couple of hoops and beanbags and that yeah kind of thing. Me, and, me and my dad always say when we, even when it's prize where it lies and they get the big thing on it takes them 10 minutes to set it up and then like two people have a go and it's like oh that's a point uh are we done is that enough do you think or is there anything else you want to i think discuss? so i don't think the only other uh, only other thing was did you see austin mcphee's header oh you're very I thought good that yeah. was, uh, the, yeah. the showman mcphee i thought that was good speaking of mcphee that little set piece routine yeah, that was, was, was good, actually, was good yeah. as well that was really unlucky and i suppose the talking point there is should it have been a penalty I haven't seen it back yet. I haven't seen that one. Um, little, it looks like Dean's going to take a, a free kick from 30 yards or so. I think Louise is next to him. Dean runs away. Um, somebody comes back and they like roll it around and chip yeah. it over and a nice ball across. And, and then Diaby gets cleaned out by the goalie. Cleaned out by the keeper and it's given us a free kick to the, Brentford, the Brighton keeper. And it feels like one of those things and the few people around me said it that it's one of those ones where there's any kind of contact between a forward and the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper usually gets yeah. it, they go down, it's a free kick to the keeper. I've not seen it back and it might have been that, but at the time it felt like Diaby had been wiped out and why have we not had yeah. a penalty? Um, but yeah, nice little routine there. And I saw somebody on Twitter say like, that Emery just said at the start of the season to McPhee, just, just do what you want. <laughs> For set pieces, do whatever you like this season, we're seeing the, the impact well, of that. There's been some inventive set pieces though, from us yeah, to be yeah, fair. Yeah. So... Um, no, it was, like I said, there's very little to moan about, which for a man like me who <laughs> made a living out of moaning, it uh, doesn't leave me with much material. But no, I loved it. Really loved good, every yeah. minute of it. And it was a perfect response to a really flat midweek. Mm. And got me looking forward to going to Villa Park again on Thursday night. So Yeah, likewise. 
Um, if you've enjoyed this video, let us know your thoughts in the comments down below and consider subscribing to the Clown Blue YouTube channel. If you're listening to this on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast, leave us a five-star rating. They really do help. Matt, thanks for coming over and joining me. Like I said at the start, don't expect this to be a regular thing. Uh, although if we win 6-1 every week, maybe. What we do we do? do Whenever we win 6-1, we've got to do it now. <laughs> okay, all right, deal. Uh, thank you very much for watching and we'll see you again very soon. Up the villa.